Greetings and welcome to the Marriage Chronicles. This is your girl Naila and because I am unaware of what time you are listening to this, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you. So today for me is Sunday, April 4th, 2021. It is 5.38 a.m. I am coming today because there are some things on my mind, some things that um, I hadn't really been sharing um, with anyone, really. The only people who knew about it um, were the people closest to me. But I'm feeling led to share this now just to use it as an example of how important it is to make sure you are living a life that's pleasing to God when you are engaging in a war, in this battle. Um, So many times people will um, live a life, you know, any kind of way, and then they want to say in the name of Jesus or plead the blood of Jesus against something or whatever, whatever, right? Um, Not realizing the danger that they are putting not only themselves in, but the people around them in. When you are engaging in spiritual warfare, you have to be really careful. Now, see, I have always heard for years to since I was little, put on the whole armor of God, right? Not really understanding what that meant. Um, And a lot of times people still say, oh, I put on the, the whole armor of God daily, or I don't take it off or whatever. And that's just them going through the motions of, you know, physically doing this thing where they're saying, I'm putting on the helmet of salvation. I'm putting on the breastplate plate of righteousness. My loins are girt about with truth. My feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. I have the sword of the spirit in my hand and the shield of faith in, in my other hand. But what does that mean, you guys? What does that mean? And yes, it does create a cross. Like if you were to put your your arms out, you know, it, it goes up, down, side to side. It does create a cross, which is awesome. But, um, but you guys, it's like, it's more than just a motion that you're doing every day. It's more than just, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm taking a shower. And as I'm taking a shower, I'm doing the motions. You guys, it's not just a motion. It's not just a routine of something that you do and you say every day. Saying it every day is not going to make your weapons effective. It's not going to make them something that are, it's not activating them. The key to activating your weapons is a lifestyle. Um, The helmet of salvation. And, and the breastplate of righteousness. Are you living a life that's pleasing to God? Are you living a saved life? 
or are you living however you want to and then when an, and when an attack hits you're like I plead the blood of Jesus uh, devil you a lie this and that the devil's gonna look at you and laugh and say or the or even the demons that you're trying to cast out who are you I don't know you therefore I'm not scared of you the blood of Jesus doesn't work for you the name of Jesus doesn't work for you there's no covering there's no covering for you you get what I'm saying he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide in the council of the young God I mean uh, ooh, y'all did y'all hear me say that I butchered that <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh I can't believe that I just butchered that like that you guys it's in the morning but I'm still not gonna make no excuses I don't know why in the world that came out like that um, <laughs> okay so here it goes y'all listen it is Uh, let's see what is it Psalms 91 he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty and if you're under God's shadow that means you're close to him right you know God is going to be your refuge and your fortress your God in whom you trust. You get what I'm saying? He's going to, you're going to fall underneath his his grace and his mercy and his blessings when you dwell in that secret place, when you live a life that is pleasing to God, a life that you get what I'm saying? If okay, that's just like that's just like there being this strong uh 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 person around and there's a bully around and this person takes up for his friends and stuff when he's getting when they're getting bullied or whatever and you don't know this person you know of this person this person knows of you but you're not nobody to them you know what I'm saying you 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 don't know them personally you know you don't you don't go to them to have conversations with them you're not cool with them you know what I mean nothing but then when the bully comes around, you want to go run and, and get their protection. They're going to look at you like, I mean, that's your battle to fight. I, I don't, that's, that's between y'all. You get what I'm saying? But if that was your friend and they, you know what I mean? And you cared about them and they, you know, cared about you, then the blessing of the fact that they can protect you is going to follow you. You get what I'm saying? They're going to always have your back. But if they see you just running up to them whenever the bully comes around, but other than that, you're not fooling with them, then how likely is it that they're going to fight on your behalf? How likely? They might do it the first time because they might feel sorry for you. But they're not going to be coming and running to your aid every single time this this this, this bully is, is, is approaching you. So it's the same way, like when you live a life that is pleasing to God and you are living the life, you know, uh, you are putting on, you are covered. 
You get what I'm saying? That your 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 you have on your breastplate at that point, the the breastplate of righteousness, and that helmet of salvation. You're saved. You sanctified. Okay, you pure. It's not just a, a something that you're saying. It's a lifestyle. You get what I'm saying? And then it's like your loins girt about it with truth, but you full of lies. You sit around lying all the time. You 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 joking, which is basically a lie. You know what I mean? All the time and saying stuff that ain't true, and even little white lies. You you you're not you're not living a life of truth. You're not. You're lying. The truth they need you. <laughs> You know, this is how we overcome. This is how we, how we are able to um, fall under God's true grace, mercy, and love, and blessing, and protection. You know, we have to live a life that 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 is pleasing to Him, and then the the blessing, the covering, will 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 be upon you. You'll be under his shadow, so you'll be close to him. So that blessing is going to fall upon you. Demons will recognize who you are because he's on you at that point. They'll see a reflection of him on you. So then when you're trying to rebuke and bind them, they're not looking at you like, who are you? I don't know you. Laughing in your face. Like, no, I'm just going to take residence here. Thank you. You know, we have to be careful, you know, and then our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Are you living a life of peace? Or are you the troublemaker? Are you the one that's running swiftly to the trouble? Are you the troublemaker? Are you the one that's starting things? Are you instigating things? Are you looking at things that, that, that are not peaceful? Are you, you know, how are you interacting with people on a daily basis when you go out in public? How are you? What are you doing? Where are you? Where where are your feet going to? Are they going to to the trouble? Are they running to you know what I mean? Things that foolishness and things like that. We have to make sure, you guys. This is how we overcome. This is how we gear up. This is how we put on the armor. It's not just emotion. Well, I don't never take it off. Is that true? You take it off at some point when you get out of the way of, of living a righteous and a pure life. You know what I mean? When you're out here living however you want to live, you're taking it off. You have to make sure that you are staying right because the because because when you're not, it brings in vulnerable spaces where the devil can come in and attack. And he and those attacks will penetrate, will get through to you because there's no armor covering it in that area. You know, um, the sword of the spirit. Are you reading your word daily? Are you are you meditating on it both day and night? 
these are the things see the devil looks for places where you are vulnerable if you are not gearing up if you are not reading the word which is God then you're not getting to know him and you're not you get what I'm saying you're not spending time with him you're not learning his voice you're not learning his ways his statutes his commands you're that's how you you are learning that's the pamphlet of showing you how to fight right so if you don't have the sword of the spirit in your hand what are you going to use to cut satan's ear off what are you going to use to pierce him in his stomach in his whatever cut his head off how are you going to cut anything down if you don't have the word of god to combat if you don't have the word of god to combat it how are you going to overcome in that area because every situation does not call for every piece of armor all at once but you have to make sure you always keep these pieces of armor on by living the lifestyle so that when an attack hits it's already on it's already covered do you get what i'm saying and then uh uh, the shield of faith. We have to always have faith that God is the ultimate protector, that he's got us. We have to have faith in what he's saying and that, that what he says is true. That's how we shield those fiery darts that are coming towards us. We have to have faith. Living a life of Christianity is just that, living a life of faith, living a life based on what, what has been told to you and not what you see. Because faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen, right? So it's like, I'm going to talk about my particular situation now I was building up a foundation first now uh, let's see what year was that that was like ooh, I want to say it was 20 probably 2017 it was I think I think it might have been 2017 <sighs> course uh, my marriage was really going through some things and there were some things going on in my home and and um, my son and, and my husband because we're a blended family they were bumping heads a lot and so to keep my son out of trouble now we moved to Kansas City and uh, 2016 so I think it was either 20 it could have been 2017 that this particular situation happened I'd have to go back and look but um, we moved here in 2016 and so when we moved to Kansas City you know my husband's from here so he was telling us like you know, it ain't it ain't like, you know, Oklahoma and it ain't like this and that and you know, it's dangerous out here in these streets and da 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 whatever. 
And so it was like we were aware of what he was saying, but we lived in a certain area where it was it was peaceful in that area, but you know, every once in a while at night you hear some stuff popping off, you'd hear gunshots or whatever. And um I'm more of a homebody, so you know I and and I don't really I never really let my kids just be out here doing whatever with whoever, going places. I just that that was just always like, no, you're not gonna be out here you know, just running around. I need to know who the parents are. I need to know, are you going to be with them? Blah, 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 or whatever. So when we moved here to Kansas City, our marriage was pretty fresh or whatever. And, but then over time, things started getting strained in the household, you know, and my uh, son, my oldest son, my older son, he started, you know, um, getting a, getting more bullheaded, you know what I mean? Getting more, you know, whatever, whatever. And so my son and my husband, they had started bumping heads a lot. And uh, in some cases, my son was wrong. And in some cases, my husband was wrong. Um, <clears throat> but it was just like, Sometimes when there was really nothing going on, they were still bumping heads, you know. Um, they was just still bumping heads because it was it was a young a young boy who was growing up in a household who's who who was growing up with someone who wasn't their father or whatever. And who you know what I mean, it was just one of those strange situations or whatever. And so there were times they, they would just you know, bump heads for no reason. Like it would be purely uh, misunderstanding sometimes, or just, or just you know that thing that some men you know do, or some boys do. It's just when they get to a certain age, it's hard for two males to live in the house together. So anyway, so. Um, my son would come and just be like, uh, Mama, can I go uh, Can I go with such and such over to such and such house? And usually it'd be somewhere where it's walking distance. And I'm thinking my son is just going over to whoever's house and they just playing video games and whatever, you know. So that's what I thought was going on. I really didn't know, you know, that my son was out here, you know, running with with, with certain people and getting caught up in certain things, right? And so I would say, sure, go ahead. You know, call me when you get there, you know, or let me know. And so he, he called me, he let me know, you know, but how many know that foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child? You know, children are going to be sneaky or they're going to be around people or they're going to be doing certain things that you wouldn't approve of or be around certain people. So I didn't really know these people, um, but I would be trying to keep peace in the household and keep them from bumping heads. And I'd be like, yeah, go ahead, you know, go ahead. So this one particular morning, we wake up, you know, and back then I was sleeping in, in this recliner 
in our second living room because we had a pretty nice house, pretty big house back then, too. And um, so I was sleeping in the recliner in the in the back living room uh, where the bar and everything was at. So I was sleep back there in the chair and woke up probably about. 9 a.m. I want to say and my husband got up and he was about to go do some yard work and everything right and so he was like um he was like this door is unlocked did somebody leave out this door and then tell somebody something why is this door unlocked and I was just waking up so I was like I don't know because I'm in the back living room and that's in the front living room like I can see the front living room from the back living room but if I'm asleep you know what I mean I, I I didn't hear that door nothing you know what I mean so I'm like I don't know you know he's like did Micah get up and leave and you know and uh did he get up and leave and you didn't you know he asked I was like I don't know so I guess my son had just got up that morning and just left out and went with his friends, didn't tell nobody nothing. So I was sitting there and, you know, at that time we weren't really, we weren't going to church. Uh, I wanted so badly to go to church and people were telling me, Nyla, just go to church, just go regardless of if your husband is going or not, just start going. He would tell me the same thing, you know, if you want to go to church, go on and go, you know, I'll eventually go. But it was just like, I didn't want to go without him. You know, I just did not want to go without him. Like, that was not my desire. Um, and for years, you know, when I was single, you know, I hated going to church alone and I was just ready for my husband to come. So when my husband came and then, yeah, we was going to church at first and then certain church hurt came into play because of our relationship and everything else. Then, you know, we fell out of church. And so then it was a struggle just trying to get back in church and everything. So we weren't in church here. We didn't really find a church that we really liked because church is different here than it is in Oklahoma. Um, Oklahoma's the Bible Belt, so you're going to find a fire church, like, for real, that's speaking the truth in Oklahoma. is You're going to find it. But here in Missouri, it's harder to find that. Um, and so I was wanting to go to church, but I wasn't really wanting to. I don't know. It was something in me. It was also a fear because I wasn't, because I'm, I'm not from here. And so it would give me anxiety to go without him. It's like, I, I needed him here. I needed him to go with me. It was like a need in me that I needed him to go with me. I felt intimidated and scared just walking up into a random church without him. And it was nerve wracking to me, you know? And so I was like, ah, just wait for him to go with me, right? And so I wasn't in church, but then, you know what I mean? I was trying to pray, 
you know, here and there. I was trying to, you know, read my Bible here and there, but it just wasn't sticking. It wasn't consistent. And then I was just spending hours and hours, all my free time, just watching TV and stuff like that. But I felt like I was a good person. I felt like I was praying. I felt like, you know, I grew up in church, you know, I'm cool. I'm good, you know. Um, and so anyway, so this particular day, um, it started out okay. My husband and I, we weren't arguing or anything. Um, but I had pulled out all my little books. I had my, uh, demon dictionary out. I had my Bible and I just remember getting up that morning and I remember talking to, first I was talking to. Uh, my sister and I just remember telling her I'm I'm about to I'm about to get my family together and I'm about to get this together and you know and we about to wage war on the on the devil because I'm 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 tired of living a life like this and I want my family to be healed. I want, you know, the blend to finally occur and take place. And I want my marriage to be healed, you know. Um, you know, it wasn't nothing major, you know, going on between my husband and I, but there were certain attacks that was hitting my husband. And as a result, it was making our marriage uh, hard to be in. It was deteriorating it because, you know, neither one of us was in church where we needed to be and both of us have such a a huge mental huge anointing that's upon us so we can't live any old kind of way but my husband was completely not you know going to church not you know doing nothing uh spiritually and i was just teeter-totting just doing things here and there but i woke up that morning and i was like oh no i'm about to you know, and so I was talking about it to my sister on the phone. I was like, so I have my Bible. I have, you know, everything that I need. I have my demon dictionary and I'm about to just pray today. I'm about to do this, do that, you know, whatever. And so uh, my husband, he didn't hear anything I was saying because he was outside fixing the porch. And so when he was fixing the porch, you know, he's using a hammer, all that. He's in the front yard and I'm in the back living room, which is right or like in the like if I was to go outside, I'd be near the backyard. So it was no way possible that my husband could hear anything that I was saying. Right. So we hadn't got into it or nothing. And then as soon as I said, y'all, I'm about to pray, I'm about to really just get my family together and this and that, my husband came in, I kid you not, he came in and he mugged me real hard, like he gave me this mean look like he hated me and I didn't understand it. I was just like, huh? And usually this was happening often, you guys, like. Me and my husband would be fine. And then I would turn on like some worship music or I'd turn on a sermon and I'd be about to watch it or something like that. And then my husband would just 
come in, he wouldn't even be aware of it. He would just come in and just be like, ah, you know what I mean? Just kind of like mean towards me. And I didn't understand it. And at first I didn't notice that it was a pattern. But when he would do that, I would back off of it. I would turn it off. You know what I mean? I would just, you know, go about, you know, my day like, oh, okay, oh. You know what I mean? I'd cut it off and I didn't even realize it was a pattern. I just knew that as soon as I started listening to something, I didn't even really pay attention to that. I just knew that he came in and basically distracted me from it. And so I would just be in a, in a different mood. It would set me off into a, a, a state, a natural state, a physical state. And so I would get mad and I would turn off what I was doing. And now I'm all messed up in my mood because he didn't came in here and, um, and started something with me. And there was really no issue, but he just came in all of a sudden with an issue, right? And so I was just like, that particular day, I knew, oh, okay, the devil, he don't like that I'm about to, oh, so that made me, you know, get into this, oh, okay, oh, this is an attack. No, I'm not about to back down today. I'm tired of being bullied. No, I'm not. I'm not being bullied no more. So I was telling my sister, I was like, I'm done being bullied. I'm done being pushed around. I'm not about to be sitting around here and he coming in through my husband and he coming in through through this and through that. Nah, I'm not backing down today. So I got off the phone with her and then I had gotten um, a phone call from a friend of mine and um and um so i started talking to her about it i'm like girl i'm done i'm done being bullied i'm done i'm not putting up with this mess no more you know and this and that and so i'm telling her girl i got my demon dictionary so anything that i see that looks like anything that's in anybody up in this house anything that i see I'm calling it out, right? I'm calling it out. So uh, I'm talking to her. So um, I'm, I'm I'm just looking in my demon dictionary. I'm saying, oh, ooh, I see this. Oh, that's, I see this characteristic. I see this. I see that. So I'm writing it down, right? Writing it down because I'm going to rebuke and bind these things, right? When I get off the phone or whatever. I'm, 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 I'm not telling her what all that I'm writing down and what I'm seeing. I'm just saying I'm tired of being bullied, right? And so I'm writing this stuff down like, oh, uh-uh. No, he trying, to, he trying to come at me through my husband. I was starting to see the strategy. I was starting to see it unfold, you guys. I was starting to see the character characteristics of the devil. And I was starting to see it's not my husband I should be mad at. Oh, no, because you'd have made me mad so many times at my husband because he's the he's the vessel that you're using. He don't even realize he's being used, you know, and, you know, whatever, whatever. So, OK, no, I'm not backing down this time. I'm tired of you. I'm tired of you. I see. And y'all, I was seeing I was seeing the strategic ways that the devil was attacking and causing me to not get into my word, 
to not live a certain life. It was like a, 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 a it was it was just this 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 foothold he had in my life to where he could just route just just raise up in somebody around me and cause me to then get in my flesh, you know. I was tired of it. I was I was I could see him because it was like yeah, I was starting to be able to see the devil and 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 in working within somebody and knowing that it's it's not the person I need to be mad at is is the devil. So anyway, so I got off the phone with her. I was like, girl, uh-uh. I'm about to I'm about to go to war. I'm tired of this. And I was I had said it to my sister too that morning, you guys. My bad if these earphones are doing something weird. But um so I was like, uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> so yeah, I went to go take a shower. Uh, because I had looked up some some demons in, in the dictionary, and I was I was rebuking and binding them. And I was like, "Girl, I'm a uh, I'm gonna call you back. I'm about to go take a shower or whatever." So I go get in the shower, and I'm praying, you guys, hard. I'm praying. I'm rebuking and binding these demons. Um, I'm I'm just talking noise to the devil. You know, um, I'm praying over my children. I was praying protection over my children right at that moment. You know, I was praying, you know, God, protect my children in the name of Jesus. Protect this and protect that. And God, I pray that you not allow any hurt, harm, or danger to come to our dwelling places. And this, and I'm just really praying. I'm going in in the shower, right? I get out the shower. I start getting dressed. I'm back on the phone with my friend and I'm trying not to be emotional. It's been really hard for me to talk about this, which I haven't, you know, really talked to a lot of people about it. But, you know, I've been knowing that I need to talk about this because how do we overcome? We overcome by the 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 word See, the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. You get what I'm saying? Our testimonies are, and if I if I quoted that wrong, you guys, please forgive me. Um, but um, the word of our testimony, I, I this is a testimony, you guys. And um, yeah, it's a testimony. So anyway, as soon as I get out the shower and I get my clothes on, right? I hear boop, boop, boop. I heard a knock on the door. I'm like, oh, girl, somebody in my door. What's going on? You know what I mean? Because I'm like, don't nobody really come to this door. Like, what's going on? So I go and I say, who is it? And I hear my son's friend. And he like, he like, your son been shot. I'm like, What? Yeah, he was shot. He down the street. I'm like, what? Just knocked the wind out of me, you guys. And so I'm just like, huh? So it was it, it was so crazy, y'all, because I knew right in that moment. Oh, because it usually with the the, the spirit would usually hit my husband and cause me to feel some kind of way, and I would stop. 
Well, this particular day, I was like, no, I'm not stopping. You're not going to intimidate me no more. And so since it hit my husband and for once, oh, that didn't work. Okay, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a do you one better. I'm going to get your son. And y'all, my son, my kids, they're my heart. And so I was just, at first I laughed because I was like, devil, you, <laughs> it's like I, I realized it from the beginning. You are a liar. And so the boy said that my son had just been hit in the arm. He'd been shot in the arm. So I kind of felt relieved, like, okay, he going to be all right. You know what I mean? He going to be okay. You know what I mean? Um, so I'm, I'm like putting on my shoes and stuff like, oh my God, oh my God. You know, after I, after for that split second, I laughed like, devil, you, oh, I see you. I see you. You know, but, you know, but still I was praying for my son in that moment. You guys, I was praying for him right before they came to my door. I was praying over my son, over my children. And so I'm putting on my shoes and stuff like, oh, my God, he like, I'll I take you down there or whatever. And so I'm putting on my shoes. Then I then my phone starts beeping and it's an unknown caller. So I'm like, girl, I'm going to call you back. Click over. It's the police department. Hey, uh, we have your son. Is this your son? You know, he gave us your number. Is this your son? You know, he's here. You know, we're getting him loaded into the paramedics. Uh, into the, into the, uh, into the, uh, we're getting him loaded up into the ambulance and everything. Can you meet us? Like, is it okay if we take him to, to this hospital? Because the children's hospital doesn't, um, aid in minors or whatever. And so I'm just like, um, I'm like, yeah, you can take them to the, you know, they're like this, this particular hospital specializes in gunshot wounds. So is it okay? Do we have your permission to take him there? And then later we'll transport him once we get him stabilized and everything. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. And you guys remember, I'm thinking at this time that my son is shot in the arm. Okay. And so um, <clears throat> so I'm like, yeah, that's fine. So he's like, can you meet us there? I'm like, yeah, I'm coming now. So I get my kids, my son, actually my husband had my car somewhere else and he was fixing it. And I called him, Hey, Hey, get home. You know what I mean? Uh, and I'm telling him what, what is happening. And he's like, oh my God, so he's speeding home because I have no transportation to even meet them at the hospital. So he speeds up in the driveway, but then he don't want the the car to break down on me. And so he like, here, just, just, just take my car. And so I get in his car. And since I'm not from here, I really don't know how to get to the hospital. So I get turned around several times. And then I'm getting phone calls from the kid, these other kids' mom, like, hey, how's your son doing? Oh, my goodness, I was here when it happened. I didn't know. And, da, 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 da. and I'm just like, I, I don't know. I haven't gotten to the hospital yet. And so that's when she's like, you know, that's when she tells me he was hit in the stomach. 
that's when I started to lose it. Like, huh? She's like, yeah, he was just like, I, I, oh, my stomach, my stomach is hurting, ow. And I was just like, what? So I'm like, I don't know, I don't know. So she's blowing my phone up, keep asking, how's he doing? How's Look, I cannot deal with none of this right now. What is your son's name? Then she, I, I'm getting off here. And this, you don't want to tell me nothing about your kids. Okay, whatever. So we get off the phone or whatever. And um, I get inside of the, the security take me into this one little uh, family family con uh, conference room where they're going to come and talk to me and tell me what's going on with my son. And now I'm aware that, you know, the bullet, you know, went through his arm and hit him in the stomach. And so I'm freaking out at this point. I'm freaking out. Ain't no giggles and laughs and, oh, devil, I see you. A ain't none of that going on at that moment. So I'm just like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And it was taking a long time for anybody to come and say anything to me. So they finally come and say something to me. And um, then they take me back to the ICU area. So I'm like, the ICU waiting room. And I'm just like, oh my God, you know what I mean? I don't know if my son is gonna live or die at this point, because they've told me how severe the bullet wounds are and how it's hit him in his small intestines and how it it went in one arm, came out the other side, went through his stomach, came out the other side. So you had, he had a, a, a two entry ways and two exit ways. So I'm freaking out. So at that point, I just start praying to God. God, you see what's going on. You see what's going on. God, please, please don't let my son die. Please don't let my son die in the name of Jesus. Please, God. And I'm just pleading and I'm crying and I'm begging. And I and I and I call the, the my old church and I talk to them there. And it's just like, I need help. You know, so I'm calling on the prayer warriors because back when I was at home, you know, I was at every prayer meeting. I love prayer, intercessory prayer, all of that, you know. So I'm praying, you know, and I'm calling upon the elders in the church to pray with me and everything. Everybody's praying. Like at first I couldn't get through to nobody but this one lady, um, this one lady and she was on it okay she was right there praying with me she was on it okay over the phone just like oh no the devil is a lie you know because she these these people knew my kids before they knew me because when my mom used to when i used to work 10-hour shifts my mom always had my kids and so from very very little you know, they knew my kids from when they were babies. So when she heard that, oh no, the devil is a lie. So she's praying with me and everything. She gets off the phone with me to go call everybody else to kind of get the prayer warriors on it, right? And I'm just praying, God, please don't let my son die. 
if you do not let my son die, I promise I will serve you wholeheartedly. I will serve you fully. So a little while later, my husband gets gets there to me to the hospital. And I know him being there is really rough and hard because he's already lost a son. So I was just like feeling bad that he had to be there for me, but feeling good that he was there with me at the same time, knowing that this is hard for him, you know, um, knowing that even though he and my son were bumping heads, he didn't hate my son. He wouldn't want anything bad to happen to my son. He was really you know, trying to look out for my son in a lot of ways, but I didn't understand it because my son's father had never been around. I had never had a male figure just strong on my kids at that time. And so I didn't understand it. And so, uh, but I knew my husband, you know what I mean? He didn't hate my kids. He didn't, you know, none of that at, at that time, you know? And so, Man, I was just crying, bawling on his shoulder, just like bawling. And he got there, and it, it's like right after he got there, they called me to the back, and they were like, they started telling me the severity of my son's operation that he was going through, what he was going through. And um, I was just like, wow, wow. Uh, I was crying. They couldn't tell me if he was going to live or die at that point. <sighs> Y'all, when I tell you that's the hardest thing to be a mother and to hear that your, your, your child is in someone else's care and there's, there's no way to know if he's going to live or die, that was so, that was too much for me. And I just started bawling on my husband like, no, no, man, no. So I'm crying, I'm crying, I'm crying. So he comforts me or whatever. And then he's like, I'm about to uh, go back to the house and try to get your car up and running and everything. So, uh, he leaves and then a little bit after that, they roll my son down the hallway on this bed. He's got tubes coming out of his throat. He's got, ugh, he looked dead. His eyes were just, he looked dead. He didn't look like there was any life in him. And I just remember talking to him, saying, Micah, I am here. I am here. Um, it's going to be okay. You pulled through for me. And just kind of talked to him for a few seconds while they were willing him through and they were willing him to go to, uh, they had gotten him stable or whatever. Um, and so his first, you know, operation, cause he was going to have to have two, his first operation went, was successful, but, um, they still didn't know if he was going to make it or not. And so they were taking him at that point to the children's hospital. And so he was still open at that moment. They still had him open. They had did the first surgery on his, I think his large intestines. <sighs> they were taking him, they were about to transport him to the children's hospital. So we were gonna have to go to the children's hospital now and where he was going to have to undergo his second surgery. We get there and they're just like, uh, 
the doctor comes out like we're waiting y'all when you're waiting to hear information about somebody who is in ICU or in surgery that is the longest wait of your life and so I was waiting you know oh my goodness so my sister drove in from Oklahoma you know what I mean so she was there then my husband was there and my children my other two children were there and it was like dark it was like five o'clock in the morning by this time when it happened it was probably about uh six or seven in the evening it was in the summertime when this happened so it was still light outside but by the time we got to the second hospital he's going through his second surgery um it was like five o'clock in the morning when they finally came and told me he's gonna make it he's gonna be okay but oh let me back up when we were at the first hospital and before I saw him they were like you can come see him you know what I mean he's a strong boy like we have we have him you know sedated and he's trying to come out of he's trying to come out of it and I was just like what they were like yeah we heavily sedated him and he's trying to come out of it so they're like you can come see him so I'm about to go see him and I'm just paralyzed you guys I'm paralyzed I go into the doors but I'm paralyzed like at these one doors and I can't go to his room past the curtain because I'm afraid of what I'm gonna see this is before I seen him in the hallway all of that y'all it took me about 30 45 minutes I asked the nurse if she could hold my hand little little petite little white girl hold my hand please and 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 take me around there but can can you just wait a second and i'm crying and bawling she's like it's okay she holding my hand it's okay i go around the corner and what i see is the most disturbing thing i could ever see that's when i saw all the tubes coming out of his throat all the everything that's when i started really like crying and he starts twitching when he hears my voice he's literally trying to wake up when he hears my voice he's like they're like he's trying to wake up and we keep trying to keep him sedated so he don't hurt himself and and this but he's a strong boy my my son is he's strong and he's big and he's tall you know what i mean and they're like he's trying to wake up and we've been trying to keep him sedated so i start praying for him and i say hey it's mommy I'm here it's gonna be okay I'm not mad at you I'm not mad at you I don't know what happened but I'm not mad at you I just want you to pull through and I just want you to you to be good you know so I'm not mad at you and I'm here and I'm not leaving you and y'all he was twitching like crazy trying to wake up (laughs) so we got to the uh so then, you know, I had seen them and then, you know, that's when afterwards I, I prepared my children for what they were going to see. And then we get to the other hospital and then I'm crying just all night, all night. I just can't stop crying. And then five o'clock in the morning, the doctor comes and tells me it was successful. He's going to pull through. He's going to make it. And y'all, <laughs> when I tell you God is so good. And uh, 
he went through y'all he was in the hospital for seven days i was there every day day in day out seven days y'all he gets out the hospital it don't even seem like he's been shot at all <laughs> when i tell you when i tell you y'all that right there oh my gosh was the most detrimental the most damaging most scariest situation that I had gone through and I was just like okay and since I had made that commitment to God I'm like you let my son live I'm devoted to you I'm devoted to you and keeping my word um and so it's just like I will not turn my back on God but it taught me it taught me that when you are trying to wage war on the devil, you need to make sure that you are geared up and that you are doing what you're supposed to be doing. So there are no vulnerable uh, spaces in your armor. So when you put on your armor, you're putting it on you know, on behalf of your children, you're putting it on on behalf of your spouse. You have to make sure you're living right so then the attack does not come upon your child or your children or your husband or whoever. You, 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 you're not under the full protection when you are um, not living right. And the name of Jesus is not a magic wand. It's not going to work for any and everybody. You know what I'm saying? It's a powerful name. And then sometimes it does work. But what I'm saying is when you're when you're particularly trying to, you know, wage war on the devil, you don't want to go in vulnerable. You don't want to go in and not have everything and everyone in your life covered. You get what I'm saying? You want to make sure you are living a life that's pleasing to God. That, that 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 puts you under that umbrella under his covering because you guys it was like I fell away for a little bit again at a certain point and and my son was attacked yet again the same way with this time it was right upstairs here in this house and my son was bleeding out and I had to save his life you know and I started to, I got scared and I stopped fighting uh, the devil. I stopped fighting because I was like, no, every time I try to fight for my marriage, my son gets hit and I'm, I, 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 I got to choose. I'm, I'm a choose and I'm, I'm a choose my, my children. I'm a choose them. You know what I mean? Because the devil made me believe that I had to choose, you know, but then I started to realize, no, you're just leaving them vulnerable because you're not living your life the way that you're supposed to live it. You're not daily putting on this armor. You're not always living your life correctly. So therefore, you're not under the umbrella of the safety. You're not you're not under you're not on the safety net. None of that. But anyway, hey you guys, I am about to hit the 16 minute mark so the clock is running out on me um i will continue i'll probably just continue do a continuation but this is this is just part one so stay tuned uh for part two 
I will get on here for part two, but uh, stay tuned. I hope you all are getting something out of this. Uh, but this is how we overcome by the word of our testimony, you know? So anyway, y'all, I'm going to get off of here and I'm going to record part two. So uh, of this message, I hope this is blessing you all. Stay tuned. Instagram? Follow me at the Marriage Chronicles underscore for updates on when new episodes are available and much more. See you there.